in the spec house, I made the down payment. I bought the materials. I leaned on that building inspector and you would your thumb up your ass. So stop talking about your money. Let go of me, you piece of shit. Fact is, you're a shitty businesswoman who built a piece of shit house that's gonna cave in and kill that fucking unborn baby any day. And now you can't sleep. And welcome to Tony Soprano Hates His Friends and Family. Oh, I mean, cut to black, a Soprano sit-down. My name is Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every single episode of The Sopranos. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 81 episodes of The Sopranos. Oh, sorry, of Tony Sopranos Hates His <laughs> Friends and Family. Now, so uh, it is a lot of episodes to dedicate to one man's hatred of his own family and friends. Um, but I think there's a lot of self-hatred there as yes. well. And that's what really makes you come back for more. Um, so this episode, season six, episode 16, Chasing It, who put it together, Jim? This episode is written by Matthew Weiner and directed by Tim Van Patten. Those are names we've heard before. Uh, this aired April 29, 2007. So, wow, getting up to the uh, debut of Jim and Them time. That's my other podcast. That's right. I started my podcast like around when this show ended. That's how long I've been doing stupid shit. So That's right. And it's still going, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know it. Way more episodes than The Sopranos. <laughs> I think you're at uh, 600 now? 600 yeah. something? 615. That's oh, how yeah. I do. Find, find all of that at jimandthem.com. Um, before we get into it, I, I do want to mention an email we got here from Mark that said, Hey, J&J. Uh, just listened to your Remember When recap and wanted to give you some positive feedback. Yes, that's why I'm reading this at the start, because we want to make ourselves feel good. Uh, forget the three-star Chinese food review. What you're doing is top stuff. In my opinion, easily the best Sopranos cast around. Um, nice. And there are a few out there, and I like them all. I admit, when I started listening, I wasn't sure it was going to work with Jake never having seen the show. And being a Sopranos obsessive, I thought, what the hell is wrong with him? Fair. Um, yep. But it really does. And while I'm sorry it's coming to an end soon, I hope you keep going with Sopranos theme podcasts as you talk about. Uh, as you talked about, I'll definitely be listening. Having said all that, if I had to guess which one of you is the huge blowhard douche, I definitely say, "Cut to black." Ah, oh, uh, that's great. What an email! That's so great. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> yeah, we really need that pick me up. We're pretty down and out about our uh, show is like Chinese food review. So uh, you can also submit a review. I mean, I know we're coming down to the the final episodes, but we have a nice, you know, body of work. I'd imagine, much like David Chase. So we still appreciate reviews at Cut to Black, or you could go to our shows, which you know feed. So yeah, there we go. Some promotion at the top. Yeah, and I think uh, I mean. Depending on interest, we will make some further podcasts discussing more Sopranos-themed things. Yes. And, of course, the film when it comes out, things like that. So do keep your feet going. And if you haven't yet, we really would appreciate that review to help even more people go on this journey with us. And I feel very privileged to have had a lot of you people come along with me and been patient with me as I've uh, waded into the world of the Sopranos. Um, but let's get into this episode anyway. Um, well, one Jim, thing I want to call out real yeah. quick, which is I, I guess it's just something I think is kind of cool i mean this might not be cool to a lot of people but if you subscribe on our apple podcast feed i did go back and tag everything properly so it is broken up broken up by season now so yeah. it has like you know our podcast season one is soprano season one so i don't know mm. i think it's fun 
I think that's really cool, but then I also make podcasts, and I'm yeah. not sure how the average person would feel about that. But that is really nice that you can have it all laid out, and like, even if you have like a favorite episode you want to revisit or whatever, if you happen to watch an episode of The Sopranos, you can dip into any of the episodes, and we've talked about it. And um, well, I, and so now getting back on topic, Sopranos. Before we get into this episode, hmm. um. I remember I mentioned this before, I think kind of going into like uh, maybe end of season three, end of season four, that it feels like Tony gets it becomes different, becomes harsher. W- would yeah. you agree with that, with, uh, with that statement now? Or do you think has Tony always been like this? It's a good question. I feel like I, I, fe- I definitely feel and again, I've only watched it once. So most people listening to this podcast probably have seen it a lot more and have had time to think about it more. But um I feel like he's got a much... Uh, I, I think that's correct. I think he has a softer side in the earlier seasons that they kind of have the confidence to do away with here. But then I also think it's like a, a, a postmodern Tony that we're getting to a point where like, he has this rant that we heard at the beginning of the episode at Carmilla, like t- saying the worst things she could hear because like he knows how to hurt her. But then they also have that moment when he apologizes and it feels more heartfelt than most apologies we would have seen in season one and two as well. Um, So I guess I'm a bit torn on it, but uh, it it definitely feels extra sad that he's gotten this second wind after the gunshot injury. And then now that's all been broken down and taken away throughout, you know, the first part of season six. And now we're back here where it, it at times feels even worse than where we started. Um, I don't know. What do you think? No, I I agree with that. And especially like looking at these, like this episode and the one right before it, it's like a one-two punch of uh, Tony's friends thinking that he's going to murder him. Like, (laughs) murder them. Like, you know, Polly, like... I the audience we believe that and I feel like the show gives us enough to think that Tony is at least mulling the idea around in his head with Polly last week and now this week with Hash and yep. and I love that also Hash knows it too because when Tony just shows up at his house at one point with like Bobby and he's like you know telling his his girlfriend or wife or whatever to go like lock the door and he's kind of like ah, I don't want to go on a ride uh I'm good uh <laughs> it's just interesting to kind of see I guess uh the like a friend's point of view of Tony Soprano and how th- that could just change at any point in time uh on how he th- what he feels about you and his use of you I suppose we- we, I mean, he's been described so many times physically like a big hulking bear, like of a man. But I think th- it's like it feels also like the way it would feel to be friends with an actual bear, yeah. where it'd be really cool for the gram and like the the bragging <laughs> rights of like, here's a picture of me with a bear. Like, here's a picture of me with mob boss Tony Soprano. That's fucking dope. And then also, he might literally eat you at any time when he decides, oh, wait, why am I hanging out with this, uh, this human? Like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. And it genuinely feels like that's also happening in his head, like you said. Now, he didn't kill uh, Hesh yet, and he didn't kill Polly, so I, I guess good job, Tony. But the thought's definitely there, and it feels like it could happen at any time. 
just cause. And like Hesh says, like at what point is it cheaper for him? Like uh, where where does the math work out where it would just make more sense to go one way instead of the other? And it feels like there's a genuine tension there. And he and Tony Soprano's the main character. It's like in a usual show, it would be like our main character is the one being you know hunted and he's in danger and he's got to get past all these obstacles. And the story basically in these two episodes is. Obviously, he's, you know, he's got his gambling addiction, which we'll get into. But generally, he's like, he, he's the one who's almost killing his own friends. And we're like, man, this is a lot more engaging than if he was run, literally like on the run from the cops. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, getting into the episode, like you mentioned, it, it opens with his gambling. It opens right on that. He's playing roulette. Uh, and it's interesting because it's. It's something that feels like it's being dropped in almost out of nowhere, but also it feels completely natural that, of course, Tony would gamble. And he yeah. is the type we've we've mentioned in the past that he gets bored and depressed and then usually crime like cheers him up. So it would yeah. make sense that sometimes if he can't do crime, he would be the rush of like just gambling money. Hmm. I think there's two factors to it where you kind of go, why would he be this stupid because he's the one who's usually on the other side, earning money off people making stupid decisions like he does in this episode. But then, I don't know, I guess it's it makes sense as well, like you said, because they're in this culture, this gang culture, uh, or <laughs> mafia culture, and it's all cool. And when he feels like his life is empty, like, it's he's chasing it. He's chasing the rush. I mean, he even says it in the episode. So, so to me, it does make sense, even though you're, like, watching it going, like, Tony... You, you, if anyone, should know where this ends. Well, and it's, it's, it's interesting, like, The Soprano... I mean, The Soprano's obviously a serialized show, but it also never felt like it was too much into uh, setting things up, like, consecutively to episodes, because they have this scene in the previous one where he does talk to Hesh, and he's, you know, asking for a loan... But it just it doesn't feel like it's a setup for anything. But it but then yeah. it kind of ends up being one. And especially going into the gambling side, because all I can think of is back to the Happy Wanderer when he takes uh, what is it like Eric or whatever his dad's car and gives it to Meadow, and then he's yelling at her and he's like, "A grown man made a wager. He lost. He made another one. He lost again. End of story." Um, and wasn't there an- another thing like? His dad told him, like, don't ever gamble, Anthony, or whatever. Like, I don't, it, it does feel a little bit like, at the, as the audience, we want to give Tony more credit. But, you know, hey, we all got to get our cheap thrills wherever we can get it. So good for him. Yeah. And, I mean, this is jumping ahead. But when I was watching the horse race part, uh, I was kind of going, like, no matter which way it goes, if, if his horse wins or whatever, it's still bad for Tony because if he wins – He's pulled further into this sort of rush and this addiction, and he's going to spend it anyway. So, or, or obviously, if he loses, he loses a lot, a lot of money, and like that's the thing that he should understand. Like, because a gambling storyline in a TV show, it never works out well. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just must be a hell of a rush that I've, uh, or a hell of an empty life that leads to to this behavior. Well, especially here at the beginning, it's like he wins on twenty three. And then he's like, let's let it ride. But I think he just plays 23 again. And it's like, dude, the odds of getting 23 initially, pretty rough. But then, like, I mean, I guess he does do a thing. He does 23, but everything around it. So you could play, like, corners and 
uh, uh, like in-betweens and stuff. So I guess, to be fair, he is playing a little bit smarter than just 23 again. But it's like, I don't know. I guess I can't relate. Even though I'm here in Vegas, I'm not a big gambler because I hate losing so much. I get really Although, bummed. Although, speaking of, yeah. we mentioned JimandThem.com. <laughs> yes. Listening to the latest episode, uh, or yeah, a, a week ago now, where you're talking about doing blackjack gambling. And I'm like, this is to completely Tony Soprano. <laughs> like, why would you start doing this after watching this episode? After seeing everything negative, you start talking about gambling. No, totally. Yeah. on money on, <laughs> on the roulettes. And I don't know what's going on there, Jim. <laughs> it totally is because of I, I watched this episode and I guess I want a little, at least vicariously live like Tony Soprano, where, yes, I'm yeah. trying to get supporters of my show to give extra money on the Patreon so we could take that money and go put it on the roulette <laughs> <laughs> on the roulette table so yeah put it on black don't, uh, don't ever say that tv doesn't uh sway your attitude i suppose <laughs> yeah but you understand jim i mean you you watch tv in a critical manner and you do know <laughs> that the gambling in this episode is not good right it is a bad thing that he's doing for himself I absolutely mean, right? and, and also yeah. it's compounded with recently watching the movie uncut gems i'm sure a lot of listeners out there have seen it or heard about it and with adam sandler a24 movie and it's the same idea almost as this it is a guy caught up in the rush and just the the thrill of gambling and losing and winning and not making Mm. smart decisions and and again it's not painted in a way that you're like i want to do that (laughs) but i guess in a way it is (laughs) yeah but you watched both of these and went like yeah i'll I'll have a piece of that i'll I'll go for that i'm sure it'll work out for me (laughs) yeah of course i'm different i'm a real person Mm. this is interesting yeah i mean I guess that's the thing. I mean, if if you are willing to go down and put it on black, then we can't really blame Tony, uh, even though he also knows better. You definitely know better. So I guess this is just what happens when you have uh, <laughs> ready and available uh, slot machines and uh, blackjack tables and so on. Absolutely. Um, so we also, early on in the episode, get a view of Vito Jr. Uh, in his makeup, like uh, doing antics in a graveyard, uh, tipping over statues and such, uh, which is basically just an introduction to say, man, this is one troubled kid. Yeah, yeah, uh, completely understandable, uh, this poor kid, he's acting out because, you know, his, uh, li- I love that they, the Vito storyline, like, hasn't gone away, really. We are still seeing some, some aftershocks and some effects of it, because not only did this kid lose his dad, but there's just this uh, shame, I guess, that, that's being put upon him. And not just from, like, the adults in his life, which is, like, this clear, like, weird disdain for his dad. But then, I mean, we saw little bits of it when he was at, like, a wedding party where the uh, his cousins and stuff were picking on him. And then he's getting picked on in school. So now he's like a goth dude knocking over uh, uh, cemetery stones, uh, gravestones and smashing bottles and... You know, setting up a nice little storyline where Tony still has to deal with this uh, because uh, his mother, Marie, comes to visit Tony because they want to get a fresh start and get out of Jersey. Exactly. They want to go to Maine. And what I've learned from uh, television and movies 
is that if you go, I, I think from television and movies, if you go to Maine, everything will be all right. Uh, it seems great. It, that's New England, right? That's part of New England. Because yes. that's what seen, That's what we learned from uh, Vito's storyline. It's yeah. just picturesque and Gilmore Girls up there <laughs> and you'll be fine. Like So even though Tony's probably <laughs> technically right in that there's no geographical solution to an emotional problem, which is definitely not something he came up with himself, <laughs> uh, he just loves repeating people's lines. And if it isn't in one of the previous episodes of The Sopranos, it's in you know, part of his life that we haven't seen that he's just repeating that. Um, it's probably technically true, but also I'm kind of like, I don't know, it would probably help. Wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, unlike this uh, boys camp thing where he's going to get emotionally uh, destroyed, I assume. Or it might work, but probably not. Well, the yeah, because as it does play out with that camp, it might work, but it, it'll work in the way of turning him into a more... Like, on the outside, maybe he's more disciplined and obedient, but he's yeah. going to be more of an emotionally fucked up, uh, deranged person, you would have to imagine. Uh, Absolutely. But yeah, and it's just kind of like... I, I get Tony's thing here because he he was still on the side of, like, live and let live, but now he has to deal with the blowback of this whole thing uh, when, meanwhile, you got Phil, you know, just kind of who's more, a little bit more related than Tony, uh, but he doesn't want anything to do with it. He's not going to put up the money. Uh, so Tony's uh, stuck with the bag now. Yep. And he basically complains about this to, to Silvio in a, in a quick scene as well, setting that up. There's a lot of scenes in this episode where Tony's gambling, and I almost feel like they, they bleed together for me. Because I think the next one there, they're watching a, a game, and there's some guy shouting in, in, uh, in the bing, uh, like really excited about the win. And Tony's, I don't know, Tony just keeps losing things, basically. And, and he goes in and smashes shit up behind the scenes as well, showing again his... Uh, his, uh, his very emotionally stable, uh, live life, uh, every, every day is a blessing sort of thing. That's that's pretty far away at this point. Yeah, I, well, I love because Tony's mad that the guy's happy because he's like, guy probably had like 20 bucks on the game. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, you know, Tony's got thousands on the game because he thinks it's a sure thing. And I forget exactly which bet it is. I know it's probably one of the horse bets, like... When sometimes when he brings something up as a sign and then he'll look at Sylvia and Sylvia's like, oh, you got to do that. Like, <laughs> yes, Sylvia's such an enabler in this. He's definitely like he definitely does that at the start, too, with yeah. uh, when they're playing uh, uh, roulette. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, you got to let it ride when it's like, no, you don't. Or even if you do put it on something that's actually likely to come up at least 50 50. Right. Yeah. Nah, you got it. You just got it when you're on a rush or whatever. And you can see this suspicion as well when they're playing blackjack and. And the um, dealer, they change the dealer and they all leave the table. Stuff like that where it's like, you, you, you like to say that, oh, it's a sure thing because we have inside information. But also it's actually all just based on uh, your weird, uh, <clears throat> what's the word? Um, Superstition, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we have Nancy Sinatra singing to Phil how he's the boss. It's like, you know, such a great show of like how powerful Phil is, I guess. Uh, yeah, and how powerful The Sopranos is to just sort of get real people to do these sorts of things. They should get, take the next step and have real life politicians in The Sopranos rubbing shoulders with the mobsters, though. I don't know if they've done that yet, but uh, it feels like that's the next step from having like real people in entertainment uh, around. Like, like that guy who was in the movie, you know, and things like that sort of people are kind of down but but not fully uh, fully out of the game 
Yeah, because I think like uh, the movie Casino, um, Oscar Goodman, who was like, well, I guess it was before he was mayor of Las Vegas, but he's in it. Uh, like I think because he's a lawyer, I think he, he was like really a lawyer, but yeah, they do weird stuff like that. But it's got to be weird, just if you're Nancy Sinatra playing yourself on the show, you're kind of saying, like, yeah, I'll like I, you know, suck up to mafia people, <laughs> like, yeah, even yes. though I'm like kind of famous or whatever, but I, I, I'm gonna worship the mob as well. It is really funny because it's also like there's the you're doing that, but then you're also like. The Sopranos super popular show like and I probably love the show and it's, it's good writing and everything so why wouldn't I want to be on it but then there's also the legacy uh, of like actual actual mob dealings in the family mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it sure is interesting and even more so when she basically calls Phil and Tony gay so <laughs> even greater why who wouldn't want a cameo on the Sopranos and call Tony Soprano gay I'm just saying I'm not saying it's a bad thing I'm just saying I would love to yeah, so then, yeah, uh, Tony talks to Phil, I guess, talking about uh, Marie and Vito Jr. And how, you know, hey, isn't that your nephew? Aren't you related? Because that was like a big thing to like to how, why Phil was so offended was, you know, what is like, she's my cousin or whatever. But yeah. now it's kind of like he's downplaying it like, oh, yeah, no, second cousin or once removed, <laughs> whatever he says, because uh, yeah. now it's like, who cares? Um, and then Tony also doesn't really want to be in this big because it's like a celebration of phil being the boss now uh and tony is also looking for an excuse to kind of duck out and he does he leaves and goes to see hesh which feels like we hadn't seen hesh in a while so it is nice to see him again um but again it's another one of those moments initially where tony and hesh always have these things where they both want to like let out their talk about their own things yes and not listen (laughs) to each other so uh, except now we have the uh overarching doom of this 200k loan uh and you know what what's going on with that how you how do you ask the boss or your friend for money a lot of money that he owes you I do love that Hesh has previously been like Tony's stand-in therapist. And even though he does go to therapy right now, that's still kind of like he's there just to bullshit. And like, what is he talking? What, what are they talking about before? Um, before uh, he's talking about Carmilla or, or what, what are they on about? No, it's just people in the family I, or him, him and Phil, whatever. He, he wants to talk about what's going on in his life, like you said. Um, and... The Hesh is like, ah, oh, it's lonely at the top. And it's like this thing where Hesh is someone I could go to that's outside. And it's just great that this basically leads to Tony considering if he's going to kill Hesh because Hesh gave him money. Because Hesh was a good friend yes. and did this thing. Yep. And then he he even brings it up in like the most, uh, like, the he brings it up in a great way. But he's like, oh, I just thought that's why you came over, like, because of that thing. But don't worry about it. Like, I'm sure. It's, and then Tony immediately starts going, like, uh, handing him the vig and, and all this stuff. So uh, it, it just, it's such a flip from there. They have this personal relationship that's very positive and disconnected from his mafia life. And then suddenly it flips totally on its head. Whereas if this was happening with Pauly or whoever, if, not that he would lend money from Pauly, but if it was, um, uh, he wouldn't, like that flip wouldn't be that far because he's already thinking about killing Pauly. But yeah. Hesh is like outside of all of that. So it makes it even more dramatic that he would suddenly like uh, 
start uh, ha basically hating him and making all sorts of jokes about him being Jewish. And it's basically only because his girlfriend dies that <laughs> that Hesh is okay. So yeah. that's fun. <laughs> yeah, well, so going into this then, because Hesh starts to, like, as the episode, as this thing, like, festers, and like, uh, like you said, I think it's a great point that it, like, immediately changes the dynamic and kind of kills their friendship in a way. But as this festers, and Hesh kind of talks a bit about how, like, you know, maybe Tony isn't quite as well off as it may seem. Like, he's got a lot of assets, but does he have money on hand? Like, is this 200K, like, a big deal? Because I think we've talked about this in the past, because sometimes we'll see Tony or even the other mafia guys, like, go apeshit over 15000 bucks. given, like, that's a lot of money. But... And I guess every dollar counts. That's why they're good at what they do. But is this a big deal? Is it more just the principle that Tony is annoyed he has to pay the money? Or is it kind of a big to-do to get the money? I think he. I, I think it is a big deal. And he not just annoyed that he has to get the money, but annoyed that he had to ask for it in the first place and being reminded yeah. that he has to ask for it in the first place. Um, yeah, I, I think it is because... Like you said, he the show is that's what the show seems to be telling us that Tony's actually in a lot of trouble, and I believe it with the boat and the expensive sushi and all of that stuff. Remember, yeah, and like built a house with Carmela and all of this, and obviously he does have money coming in all the time, uh, slowly, but like. Vito's gone, and they kept talking for a whole season about how great of an earner he was, and I think he even yells at someone for for not being as good, um, and so on. So, yeah, because I, I assumed it was like an actual problem that he doesn't have any money, but I, then he keeps spending money as soon as he gets it too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I do agree. Although he does pull together. I mean, I know we're jumping around, but I mean, I guess he has to make some moves with some offshore stuff or whatever he has, and he pulls together that hundred k, which yeah. then he bets. <laughs> Because he was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was going to give it away, though. So it's obviously he's not that much in the hole that he can't even imagine giving away 100K. Yeah. But then obviously he doesn't do it either. And as soon as he gets any money, he gets rid of it and probably starts owing money as well. So that's the gambling thing, isn't it? That's why I can believe it. And I like I I read some book that uh, about like real life people that mentions like how gambling can affect you and uh, yeah, the power of habit, I think is quite a popular book about just how, how we, how positive reinforcement can just build your habits entirely and how you, how casinos are designed to make you spend not like a little bit more than you thought. Like you can be in an infinite hole in no time at all. Um, so, and Tony has even more access to that sort of thing. So uh, I definitely believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, they get into, I've always, you know, I watch a lot of crime or mob or mafia movies and stuff like that. And I mean, <clears throat> I have like a basic understanding of the VIG, but I don't quite know. It's basically what, like a, like on a loan, like you're paying percentage. Like obviously if you can't pay it all back at, at once, you're paying a percentage on the loan because you're paying in installments. So like when he's paying the three grand, that's just like a VIG saying that he'll get you the 200K later. Like it's not like anything's coming off the principal at this point, right? Yeah, it's just the, a word for the interest as far yeah. as I understand it. So to keep, yeah. And it says uh, 
term came from English usage via Yiddish slang, uh, so which in itself was a loan word from Russian. But yeah, basically, it's just none of the actual 200k is being paid off. It's just, you know, uh, they would charge a certain percentage per week or per month. So sure. Tony's going to pay that on principle. Yeah. And he does give him a cleaver hat and he makes a comment like, oh, I wish you got the DVD, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And it's great oh, yeah, how... Yeah, that's a great callback to <laughs> last episode. And then immediately after Tony leaves, Hesh goes in and starts like complaining about him, which I get because there is that... It's this faux... Like the, the way I can compare to what I used to deal with when I, worked in a, when I worked in a pizza shop back in my youngin days, you'd have two friends come in picking up like a bunch of pizzas or whatever that they ordered. And you'd have to deal with this sometimes where they'd be like, hey, let me pay. No, let me pay. But it's this weird passive aggressive where I feel like they each want the other guy to pay, but they want to argue yeah. about it a little bit to make it seem like, well, I'm going to put up a fight, but I want you to win. And it's like I'm standing there like, okay, just figure it out. So someone's throwing cash down on the counter. Another guy's like, duh, don't take taking it away, putting it back in his friend's pocket, trying to give his card. Oh, uh, yeah. But it's like because <laughs> they have to do this passive aggressive dance where – yeah, I mean, Hesh shouldn't have to ask or beg for the money he's owed, and Tony shouldn't have to, you know, play him like a schmuck and act like uh, he's doing him a favor. So, you know, I, I, I like the back and forth and how he, he can't say anything to Tony himself, but then he has to come in and complain about it immediately once he leaves. <laughs> Yeah, these days you definitely have like you could just have one person pay, and the other person sends the money <laughs> half to, with an app. Yes. So yeah. hopefully those conversations aren't plaguing the pizza places of today. Uh, hopefully it's all app based now. It's one of the few benefits of our digital age, I'd say. Absolutely. Uh, then what? Tony's complaining about Jews and money to to Melfi, I believe. <laughs> yes, the most uh, receiver, like the of course she's gonna take your bullshit, Tony. No, she isn't. <laughs> but like, yeah, he's like talking about like, oh, you gotta give it to him when it comes to money. They know what they're doing. Uh -huh. <laughs> like Melfi's gonna approve yeah. of any of this nonsense. Um, I don't remember where the scene goes in general, oh, though. It's you know, it gets into she starts talking about how he misses appointments a lot, and um, that's right. He he brings up how he had since the shooting, he hasn't had like panic attacks. Like, I guess it is like these are hints that I mean, I guess the show's winding down. They're maybe looking for a way to wrap up this therapy thing, because uh, is this when he said, I mean, they bleed together a little bit. I believe he says something like this is an oasis in my week. I think uh, so. He says there's lots of benefits <laughs> Uh, and yeah, that, that would be this scene. So, and then she's like, is that why you're here? Because, you know, Melfi, uh, from the earlier seasons when we're getting more into her personal life and how she was probably a little bit damaged herself and dealing with that and struggling with taking Tony on as a patient, that's kind of all gone now. She just pops up in these scenes and it is Tony looking for an excuse to kind of chat around some of his thoughts and some of his actions. And at the yeah. very least, we're seeing hints that Melfi's getting hip to that. And there's not even like the, um, the illusion of uh, like therapy and growth happening here. Yeah, that's a very good point. So she just asks him to decide what he wants and, and let her know in this scene. Um, so then we have Carmela showing off the house. Which actually looks nice now. It looks like it's finished and it's done. And I guess it's their 
Is that's is that the guy who was kind of hanging around before? You know, yeah, a few seasons ago. It's yeah, it's like what her so, cousin or something. And yeah, he was helping her with business at the time. Or didn't he kind of get her into this whole spec house type deal? Uh, maybe because he was. It, it, this is the guy who was like it was kind of cool for him to hang out with Tony Soprano, yes, and he was kind of yeah. in the gang. Like he was the guy hanging out with the bear, and he had the picture for the gram and all that. Right? That's the guy. Yes. I think so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, Brian. So anyway, he's buying the house. Nepotism, great, <laughs> works out for everyone. Um, but Carmilla's a bit worried. I don't know if it's in this scene. I, he says she says to her dad that no, it would it would be later maybe. But he she's worried still about the lumber or whatever, and that's what uh, Tony obviously brings up later. Yes, yeah, it, it it is kind of a nice statement on like. I mean, Tony does call her a shitty businesswoman, which I think is a little harsh, but also the fact that they just end up having to sell this house to, like, a family member, it does show that, you know, maybe it didn't quite go as planned, and maybe there's kind of a deal going on, but at least they're on, they're moving the house, you know, I guess that's good, uh, but yeah, there's still that lingering, you know, trusting her stupid father who... <laughs> I mean, I guess he knows what he's doing, even if the inspector initially said it's bullshit, she says later that she got six in profit. Is that $6,000, do we think? Like, when it all was said and done, maybe? I think um, she's saying 600 but I could be wrong. Uh, that would be good. That would be she, a lot better than 6000 Yeah, because I can't um, imagine... At the very least, she'd have to make, like, sixty grand. Like, I can't imagine Carmela Soprano being happy that she got uh, six grand. Yeah, I guess... Um, I, I feel like this is something that is definitely apparent in the episode if I if we like rewatch it. Well, because uh, you'd have to imagine like, with the gaudy houses that they work with, and especially going into more like East Coast. Uh, I don't know. I don't know like Jersey real estate per se. Obviously, it's got to be cheaper than New York. But like, I grew up in Massachusetts, and you know, it's easy for homes to go for over a million, uh, and especially if it's like a new designed mansion. So, I guess. Uh, she, the, the Wikipedia article, at least, claims that uh, she cleared 600000 okay. by selling the spec house with substandard materials to her cousin <laughs> <laughs> and his pregnant wife. Uh, so that's obviously but, a lot better. And well, ma- it makes a lot more sense for Tony to be excited about taking half of that. And well, especially at the yeah. end of the day, you could have taken her bullshit and made it over a million dollars when you think about it. Wait, taking her bullshit? I didn't follow. No, that's what uh, Tony. That's Tony's actual line. He when he's all pissed off that the Jets won, and he's like, "We yeah. could have taken your bullshit and put it over <laughs> a million, but it's half a million already." Tony. Yeah. <laughs> that is also good because yeah, that's why I was like, because because he's acting like it's nothing, but then he also wants it, and she's kind of like, "Yeah, it kind of worked out." So I literally would have believed if it was six thousand or sixty thousand or six hundred thousand. I didn't really know. It's hard to yeah. tell, but it's real estate, so yeah, six hundred thousand. I think that's pretty well done, even if Carmela did have a lot of help along the way. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Good job, Carmela, and and that's her little so. nest egg for when Tony eventually <laughs> the past catches up to him. Uh, well, I will say, for, this is moving to that scene later, but that is that felt like a genuine moment from Tony, at least, when he's like, I don't like that you're always talking about when I'm going to be dead <laughs> and <laughs> how you're going to be fucked. Like, it fucks with me when you always assume that I'm going to get shot or in prison, okay? Because uh, I'm trying to live my life here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, then we have Phil and the Puerto Rican whore, Vito Jr., 
uh, <laughs> hanging out at uh, Silo Sundays, having a nice, having a nice big Sunday. Um, yeah. And he just, I like that. Phil's giving like this is classic toxic masculinity. It's nice and it's very modern. It's very 2020 uh, because it's showing that he's just like, you know, you got to be a man. You got your family's dealt with enough shame, like be masculine. What's wrong with you? Um, and but then it, he just kind of ends with him like looking at his watch like anyways, I said my piece. Uh, so yeah. finish that fucking Sunday because there's no eating in the car, even though we all know that Phil eats ice cream cones in the car because when Tony chased him down for that like 10 grand or whatever that time he was eating an ice cream cone. <laughs> That's a fucking great point, and it's weird <laughs> to remember that now when Phil's the big boss as Nancy. I gotta uh, give, I mean, I gotta give shout-outs to the Sopranos memers because people have pointed that out many times on the group, so I, I love that <laughs> little detail. <laughs> Very good. Um, those Sundays are ridiculous, by the way. Don't have two of those, and don't give any child two of those. It's silly. Um, but yeah, he, he, Tony basically gives the same advice later, but a bit... Like, he, he does it better, but he still kind of says, like, you're the man of the house now or whatever. So yeah, uh, I guess that didn't work either since, since it led to him shitting in the showers, which I thought was a power move at first. But uh guess not. Guess it's, not. Yeah, it's kind of like, a, well, okay, I'm a freak weirdo. Fine, I'm going to be a weirdo. Get the fuck away. Like, yeah. I'm going to do what I can to make you get away with. I'm going to play the part and, and hopefully you'll leave me alone. But obviously, it's not going to quite work that way. Yeah. So we have a nice Soprano family dinner uh, where everyone's congratulating Carmelo. They're sitting outside uh, talking about how there's a lot of support. And, yeah, I guess this is kind of to set up what's going on with AJ and his girl because she's kind of looking a bit like, because it, it seems like, I mean, it's the mob thing, right? That's why she doesn't want to marry him. Like that, so this is kind of to reconnect with that before we head into that storyline. Yeah, I think it's a little of that, and it's a little of like she's probably realizing that um, she's maybe. I mean, this is a, like a thin read by me, but I feel like maybe she's also realizing that. Do I really like this? Per do I really love AJ, or do I just love that like we? Ha I get to hang out at this nice house and there's wealth around not that aj himself is wealthy like it's not completely changing her life but uh i don't know i just feel like the she's also just seeing how like i guess the privileged they are where they don't understand yeah. um and which i can understand as far as like these people have no way of relating to my life or understanding yes. who I am, including AJ to a point. Yeah. And, you know, and some people would, would read that as like, well, hell, this is my fucking lottery ticket. Uh, yeah. I, I better hold on and don't let go. And some people are like, I don't know if I can be a part of this. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. And those are like two ends of a spectrum where both are like, I don't know if you could just if you genuinely loved him, you wouldn't or, or loved. Yeah. If you genuinely loved him, it wouldn't matter either way if it was like I'm holding on to this because of the money or I can't do this because of the money. If there was genuine feeling there, all that would be to the side anyway. So I guess that's part of it, probably. Yeah. And I um, guess I mean, I don't know if this was uh, I'm sure like because she's a character that's introduced fairly late in the game. So there's not a ton of time to really like play this out. But you know, yeah, I think there's enough there. And then we this is where we have what Carmilla is up in the middle of the night because it's raining and it's like, oh no, what about that? <laughs> what about that lumber? What about is the lumber, problem? <laughs> <laughs> they haven't even moved in yet. Like, why are you worrying about it now? But, yeah, 
She feels guilty about it. He does not, is basically the point there. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have uh, Tony's uncomfortable because Hesh shows up uh, and he has to make some. It's it's interesting how brazen Tony is in front. Like, I would imagine I would almost give him credit that he would try to hide some of this stuff in front of his crew. But I guess what are they going to do? They're going to go whatever he does. They're going to go along with even if personally they might be like, Jesus, the boss is fucking cracking up. But I'm sure they're used to it at this point, because even though he kind of tries to hide his anger by going in the back room and smashing things. They're going to walk in there eventually and be like, oh, shit, he came in here. <laughs> I guess the <laughs> Buffalo losing that game was a bigger deal than he acted like because he smashed all the shit in here. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, because he's going like, ah, sit down, Shylock. The rent, the rent. Uh, <laughs> it's a, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's kind of hilarious, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, he he literally like does a rubbing his fingers together thing, oh, and Hesh the... is just looking at him, and he's like, "It's a joke." Yeah. And it's like, "Well, is it a joke? Yeah. Is it a joke, though?" Yeah, he's rubbing change together. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's rough. Yeah, um, so that's I think that leads to the next scene with Hesh and his is that his son-in-law, I think. Uh, he's the guy who got really injured and. Eli, right? Because he got yes. beaten up and then Tony took care of that. So Eli's like, nah, he's great. And Hesh is like, yeah, like when you when he likes you, he's great, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's great because, I mean, I guess Tony should kind of get credit for taking care of that. But just the fact that they're somewhat affiliated with Tony Soprano is why he got hurt. Not that yeah. Tony was the cause of it, but just their affiliation in general is why he walks with a cane now. So yeah. fucking sucks. Well, at least he walks unless, <laughs> unlike uh, Beansy. So, you know, got to look at the bright side. And then, yeah, he's talking about, like, yeah, these Italians. Like, you you, you know, you back them in the corner. That's like an animal. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're going to attack. Uh, so it's not, it's just nice that everyone, you know, I guess your tribe, if you will, where it's like, you know, us Jews, we got to band together because these Italians are fucking savages. Yeah. Well, they are in a, a lot of a lot of the time. They are in this show, to be honest. Um, so we're we're back at the casino, and they're playing blackjack. But then they see a horse by the name of Meadow. I guess that's why they got a bet on it because it's a yeah Meadow a sign. Yeah, Meadow Gold. And then I think yes, Silvio's like, oh, you got to play that. But it's just because his daughter's name is Meadow, right? Yep. Or am I missing something? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's a sign. And right. Then- because that's that does make sense. That is how. And now I maybe I've mentioned this before, but I have uh, worked in horse racing for a number of years as a finish line photographer, which is a very uh, unique job where you're actually checking to, you know, you're taking the finished photo and uh, making the lists of all the winning horses, all this bullshit. And uh, on my lists that I would make, uh, they're just numbers. All right. The horses are numbers, and there's numbers behind them, and the name doesn't mean anything. And I'm sorry, Tony. I'm sorry to break <laughs> it to you, but uh, I mean, it, it, it had good odds. Not gonna lie. So you know, it's not 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 as bad as putting it all on 23 or whatever. Uh, but still a pretty bad move. And everyone's kind of like, ooh, ooh, oh no, when it happens. And again, Tony just acts like it's no big deal, even though it definitely is. Yeah, it's definitely a big deal. And then I almost read that bobby bet on a different horse but i don't know how true that is because there's just this weird like interaction where he kind of is like looking at his papers but maybe i'm just digging too deep on something there 
Mm, I could be. Maybe uh, he saw like a, uh, you know, Janice, uh, <laughs> Jan Ice in the fourth race or something. Who knows? Jane Ice, uh, <laughs> betting on Jane Ice. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to bring my own perspective there. I'll okay. let you know, Tony, that that's not how that works. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry, Tony. But you never. Sometimes it feels like God's talking to you, and the reason why you named your daughter Meadow twenty some odd years ago was for this point in time when you're in the casino at Batavia Downs and you see Meadow Gold in the race, and it's like, this is it. This is where everything turns around for you. I do love what, that Silvio is always like, you gotta do that. <laughs> <laughs> and they do kind of like a nice little, like, uh, the, like, slow down, like, as it's like, uh-oh, that didn't work. And Tony has, like, a quick slow motion moment as he's reacting, but then he has to be like, oh, yeah, no big deal. But clearly, because because they just talked about it, I thought maybe it was close to a panic attack because he talked yeah. about how it doesn't happen anymore. And it's like slowing things down. It's like it's got that vibe. But then he's just kind of like, oh, what? No big deal. Again, pretending it's fine. Um, but speaking of betting on the wrong horse, um, the next scene is with AJ and his girl. And I, I swear to God, I knew from just his dumb face that this is exactly what was under that thing. Like, when, when he, he comes in and like, oh, you're dessert? And she's like, I didn't order anything. And he's like, I ordered it for you. I'm like, I paused it and wrote down uh, that there's a wedding ring in that dessert. Like, I thought it would be like something with food and the ring. They just went with the ring. But uh, I just, it was literally the stupid look on his face that let me know. And it also let me know that it wouldn't work out um which is just what happens even though she initially does get persuaded yes yeah well you got to give it you know people hate on aj a lot but you got to give it up to robert iller he knows the dumb face to make to say <laughs> to tell the audience that there's a wedding ring under there uh, he does <laughs> and i believe him as well when like he like it's unfortunate <clears throat> But uh, I believe in what he's saying here, too, like acting wise and everything when he's talking about how, you know, he's the night manager at the pizza place now. And like in a year, he'll be the day manager or whatever. And then he'll own a chain of restaurants and clubs or whatever. And this is all he wants. And I believe him. Yeah. And that, or that he believes that at least. So uh, it's a bit sad. I actually um, even believe it'll happen at the very least if Tony's still around, because it's not yeah. not that I'm saying he'd do hard work and work his way up, but he's working at, what, like, Beansy's Pizzeria, which Tony has, like, a vested interest in. So, I mean, he can make things happen uh, and then maybe set him up with the crazy horse or whatever AIDS <laughs> club used to be. And, you know, the next next stop, you know, Hollywood. Who knows? Yeah, but probably not after this. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so then we have Tony going over to talk to Vito Jr., and like I said, I, I felt like his uh, speech was fairly f similar to Phil's. Uh, how did you feel about it? Did you think it was better? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it was similar but better. Uh, he does use the you go out and pity for yourself line. Uh, of course he does. Which he loves. He brings up that he does weird shit. I think they bring up that he he did something to a, a developmentally challenged girl at school or something. So, Or they couldn't prove it, but they're almost positive that he did. Uh, but then why doesn't he get like kind of physical at a certain point? He grabs him by the yeah. face and, and tells him to I think that's when he tells him that he goes about in pity and that what is it that you know um, have it here 
that he oh yeah it basically says like i'm not some fucking social worker if you don't stop this shit like i'm gonna fuck you up kid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just says like someone should have told my dad to stop with the weird shit and that is when he uses the you go about and pity for yourself uh, line but he kind of yeah. just goes like what am i supposed to do about it about however sad everyone is and uh i think his conclusion is yeah fucking man up which uh, well there's a great moment before that too where Vito Jr.'s like, you called me Carlo Jr. once. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, of course, Tony doesn't know who all these kids are really. Uh, but, you know, here he is because there's some money on the line. So, and, and I mean, I guess I, I'll give Tony a little credit. I do feel like he does feel some personal responsibility and that, you know, at the very least with how Vito played out, he was a good earner. And, you know, Tony didn't necessarily want it to go the way it did. So, yeah, he does have that part of him still there. Um, yep. Then we have, yeah, um, the, they're celebrating the closing on the house. And I like that, you know, he's very happy for and it's all genuine. But then he quickly diverts into the Jets, how they got an inside scoop. And I think he brings yeah. up my cut. Uh, yeah. and it's like, oh, it gets, it's so cringy. It's, it is, it's almost like a scene from the office in a weird way, the way he, he's so transparent in the way he's trying to get to it. Cause I like that he brings up, put it on the jets and it does almost sound like a joke and Carmelo laughs like, ha Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be weird? But he's dead yeah. serious. Like, no, no, we put it on the jets. Of course we let this ride. No, you're, you're totally right about like the office comparison just because of like his, He's he's a bit manic here because he's like, yeah, this is so great. We should do this though because he's like in a hole right now and he's chasing this thing and and he doesn't realize that what he's saying is actually already really hurtful. Um, yes. And she turns away and he apologizes and and they hug it out. But uh, it's not gonna last. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So then we have Hesh in the scene we mentioned where Tony rolls up to sort of invite him to go and do some. I don't know, fishing? What are they doing? I don't know. Yeah, where, um, I forget where they're going here. Uh, they're going to go to the boat. Yeah, so yeah. I guess they're fishing or whatever. But the boat is always like, uh, we're going to go to the boat? <laughs> or know. is the boat a casino? Or is it his boat? I don't know. The boat... No, sorry, they're going to the boat show in Edison. Oh, I don't okay. know what that means. Yes, all right. Yeah. What is a boat show? Uh, it's probably just where rich people go to look at boats. What's the new boat stuff coming out? Stuff cool. that Hesh was already saying, like, he shouldn't be doing because he's probably not <laughs> that liquid and he shouldn't be, like, looking for either new attachments for his boat or a replacement boat. <laughs> uh, I love the scene in the car after, uh, especially the moment when Carlo's almost making a point where he's trying to reference a Twilight Zone episode, but Tony doesn't let him finish. Like, I just yes. love the idea that he, they're setting it up where, like, if you know if you know it enough, you know where he's going. But Tony just cuts him off and is like, "Yeah, maybe you should start sucking cock because Vito is <laughs> pulling cock. in three yes. times what you were. Oh yeah, and not watching TV Land uh, <laughs> because Vito is pulling in three times you were in construction." Uh, I feel like this is a potential like uh, subtitle or slogan for shows what you know our <laughs> podcast network. Maybe you should start uh, sucking cock and stop watching TV Land. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what's What's really interesting to me about this too is like it feels like Bobby like I don't know the fight made Bobby and Tony closer in a weird way. Yeah. 
Uh, and yeah, the, and, and especially and, and maybe partially Bobby having a hit under his belt because it's he's kind of like, fuck him. What's he going to do? What can he do? He feels, like, he feels a lot colder yes, now, which yeah. makes sense with what he's gone through, I guess. And yeah, the fight, like, imagine a few episodes ago going like, yeah, Tony's going to want to maybe kill Hesh over nothing and bobby and him are just gonna be cool bros go to the horse races i guess (laughs) all right (laughs) it's like the weird tv or movie trope of like when the bully comes up to you just like punch him in the face and then he'll respect you like even though tony was it felt very dangerous after it like there's this weird respect now um and yeah i it was just i like the it's a like little moment but just how comfortable bobby is and especially telling tony like you know who gives a fuck uh you know you're the boss and then tony's even rationalizing well like how would that look though if i didn't pay him because and he's almost he's acting like he never thought of it or something where he's like hmm not paying him the money interesting how would this play out i wonder (laughs) yeah um so the next scene is the very uh good and dramatic we're gonna win awards uh scene uh where they have the big fight but it actually starts with him seeing in the newspapers which i think if you're like betting money on a game maybe you like watch the game but i guess he's just finding out from the newspaper which fucking magically got up there i guess because he doesn't go fetch it (laughs) i don't know where that newspaper came from (laughs) well i guess carmilla could have gotten it i i um, I assume um uh brought it up (laughs) that's what i'm gonna assume (laughs) that makes sense uh but yeah so he actually won right he he won on this but he's really angry because he didn't bet enough if i read it right yeah i think that's classic gambler thing where um it's not so much because even Carmilla brings up like you won. What are you talking about? But he looks at it that he lost her six hundred grand. Like that's the even though if he won whatever he put on it, he technically lost her money that they were supposed to bet. And I like this yeah. scene even starts off handheld, like which is kind yeah. of very different from when we're usually here in the kitchen in our sitcom kitchen scenes. But mm. even before it like really jumps up the the argument part and Carmelo's walking into the room it's like handheld already like with the newspaper and with tony's reaction and uh and that's what this where he says the line like yeah we could have turned your bullshit into a million dollars uh and he won't let it go because he, he then he has to pull he has to play on her insecurities about the baby and the family and the shitty house and how like her whole thing was always about not having Tony's blood money in a weird way, even though she wants money. And technically this is still coming from like everything Tony says is correct. He did still put up the, the, the source money for it. He they still leaned on a guy to get it approved, but it was her thing, but now it's not her thing and potentially could be even worse if something bad does happen. Yeah. And even brings up about how, you know, she, well, then I should get a cut from when you do stuff. And he says, you already took your uh, cut from the bird feeder. And, like, don't fucking deny it again. And that part is true. Mm-hmm. Um, when he says, like, 40 grand on the stock market or whatever. And, you know, uh, and, and he says that he'd, she, he'd ask for his piece, but there's nothing. I guess you get, like, stock marketed it away. I guess it's gone. The money is gone. Yeah, I'm, I'm I... trying to remember if they if that was ever, like, fully addressed on the show, how things played out. I remember one stock split and then something else happened. But, yeah. I, I just remember her for, like, 
two episodes reading books about the stock market <laughs> and then she's all into real estate so i don't yeah. know what happened i'm sorry uh well but sorry to everyone who's watched this 10 times <laughs> but they have done like between remember when in this episode just like little drops of stuff i mean this is the great thing about tv and watching something that's been on for a few seasons I always get that the great flutter in my chest when they bring up something from like season two. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I remember. It's because it's yeah. almost like you share the memory as well. And this being the you know the final few episodes, I enjoy this little like lip service to things and kind of confirmation that I mean we knew Tony knew she took the money, but he even like a step further kind of knew what she was doing with it. So uh, and that that bitterness and tension has just been growing this whole time basically yeah and in the big fight scene like when she's throwing like uh ceramics at him and it's shattering all over the floor and he's yelling that when i'm gone you can live in a dumpster for all i care Ugh. uh this is when i'm also really thinking about his zen attitude a few uh a few episodes ago yeah. well, last part of the well, first part of the season and and all that and you're like yeah, he did a good job erasing that. It's kind of like a reboot of his mental state where you were like, oh, yeah, let's actually make him happy so that we can make him horrible again and not happy at all. Um, so, you know, that that's fun to think about in these scenes. And it's also like, because Carmilla and Tony have been pretty all right for a, a fair amount of time. So uh, this is a real reset on that as well. Yeah, yeah, and and a complete callback to their big blowout in Whitecaps. Uh I mean, maybe not as harsh as that, but, you know, uh, almost around the same vein. Uh, yeah. And then we have, yeah, then we have Vito Jr. Um, shitting in the shower. Uh, I Did you, uh, I never had to take showers in school, luckily. <laughs> did you have to take showers yeah. in school? Uh, yeah, yeah, but not these, like, it would be a bit more separated than this, usually. Like, yeah. you'd have, like, more, like, cubicles but not closed off cubicles but like they're closed off on the sides at least so mm. similarly to like a urinal where you'd have separating things but they're actually like full separating things if that makes sense yeah i mean um, like we changed for gym but i mean i guess it's because yeah i was in a small town they were like we're not paying a water bill because we didn't sure. have showers how- <laughs> i can't imagine like taking a shower and then going to another class like what the fuck it's weird it's a weird <laughs> thing how long is your gym class though or how long would have because I, I get the impression, and again, this is one of those things I don't really know, even though I've watched 100 films and TV shows in the U.S., I get the impression that classes are pretty short because you fit in a lot of classes in one day in school in the U.S. in comparison. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess, because, yeah, we would have at least seven periods, I think. So they were probably like around 45, 50 minutes or something like that. Right, so we might, especially if you get up to, like, high school level, your gym class would be more like one and a half hours or something, uh, so you're actually, like, getting into it. And, since, like, we would have maybe, like, two or three subjects in a day sometimes, so it makes a lot more sense, like, you might have gym class at the end of the day and have a shower and go home, or you might just have one more class after that. It's not like you're going to run around the whole school after that. Um, so that's, yeah, we would never have eight things in one day ever. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to pack it in, bro. Uh, so, yeah, he shits in the shower. So, you know, I guess he, uh, they, things aren't the, – the, the Tony and Phil talks aren't quite working. Or, I mean, and maybe yeah. in a weird way it was working. I mean, I guess he was coming from gym, so he didn't have his makeup on. But, 
I mean, he doesn't have his makeup on, his hair's down. Maybe he's just trying to put his head down and get through the day. But of course, like, you know, people won't let him in a weird, in a weird way. Like, he, he's, yeah, he's it's trying. True. It's bad enough. It's bad enough all the internal stuff he has to deal with. And then also, like, everyone is picking on you because of your gay dead dad. Yeah. So that's, like, not the best. Yeah. So maybe Maine would help because people wouldn't know about that there. But, uh,. Yeah, I mean, the next scene, I think Tony does decide, like, fuck it, I'm going to, because of, like, Francesca, the the younger uh, sister and everything, what has she ever done? And, like, oh, it's a tragedy, and he says he's going to do it, and, like, uh, and he also is like, I will never forget that Phil didn't help with this or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then, I don't know, is it Polly or whoever's like, well, I'm never going to forget that you did help with it. Damn, what a great guy. And then, like, two scenes later, he's like, you know what, I'm going to let it ride. <laughs> Well, because because the great thing is he can before he gives her that money, he could bet it. He'll actually make it back, be able to give her the money and probably can give Hesh. He could solve all his problems with this one bet. Pay Hesh off. Everything's good. So I get I, I get where he's coming from. Good for you, Tony. <laughs> and when he is collecting that money, he says something like, I don't know, this player's out of the game or something. And uh, Silvio's like, too good to be true. Yeah. So he's still doing it every <laughs> single time. That's great. Um, yeah. yeah. So in between there, we have uh, AJ getting dumped, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. He brings a bag with his clothes. Not he's all excited for the Latino Day Parade. Like, it's so kind of, it's kind of sweet. He's got, like, the flag on his car. Uh, he's got the baby, he's all excited, and then, yeah, Blanca rolls up, which I assume at first she's with some, like, you know, kick-ass cool dude that's AJ's replacement, but they do specify that it's her brother, um, and, yeah, calls off the engagement, and, you know, no parade for you, AJ, and no engagement. (laughs) Yeah, it's great to stand there as well after they drive off and, like, oh, I was all here excited to celebrate this thing, and now I'm not even a little bit part of it yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he genuinely, I mean, he was there with his girlfriend's child. It's not like he was there, like, uh, just to, he, like, I don't know. He was there as a genuine participant and excited about it. And then it's like, well, not only is your uh, girlfriend gone or fiancé, and the child you were basically raising there for the past year or however long it's been. Uh, yeah, this whole cultural attachment thing, you can forget about that as well. You're a fucking guinea. Yeah. There you go. Get out of here, you wop. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of the neighborhood. Uh, so, yeah, poor uh, poor AJ. Uh, and then, yeah, then we have the scene we we're talking about because – Tony's getting some money out of the safe. I guess he moved some stuff around to get that money for Marie, but they get some uh, news about Philadelphia. Like, it's a sure thing. You can't pass it up. Uh, and uh, that doesn't quite work out. Um, so we got to go with this camp for troubled kids. That's got to be yeah. the way to go. Uh, which I, I don't know if they're... I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's still a thing, but I do remember it being more of a thing at the time, like on, like, Maury Povich or shows like like these daytime shows they have here in the states because I'm sure you don't get the Maury Povich or uh, Jerry Spr- I mean Jerry Springer you must know but they would have or now it's like Doctor Phil they would have these well tr- I know Doctor Phil sends people to the farm I know yeah. that is the farm like this is the this, farm's is- probably a nicer version of it but yeah there used to be more boot camp boot campy type versions where it was more like yeah. military style. I mean, even going back to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Remember they were going to send Ted to military school? 
I just remember from Malcolm in the Middle how the older brother just wasn't around because he'd been sent off to military school. Oh, and that's, yes. That is what I think of when I think of all of these situations is uh, Malcolm in the Middle and how the older brother was in military school. And, I mean, I guess in the in, to rationalize one of these places, even though I don't think it's the best option, usually they would be used in the in the case of, like, when a kid is, like, fuck you, fuck everyone, and, like, robbing places and, you know, doing actual crime and terrorizing neighborhoods for whatever reason, given there's probably a better way to help that child, but they would be like, all right, fine, let's kidnap him in the night and take him to a, take him to a ranch and beat him down, uh, beat him, beat him down uh, emotionally. Yeah. So um, I want to ask about the scene here with uh, Tony and Carmilla. Because it's a really nice scene, heartfelt from his side, where he's being honest. And I'm kind of wondering what's brought this on. Because I can't... If this was after he found out about Hesh's girlfriend, it would make sense. But I don't really see what's triggered the change in Tony. Besides just losing even more money, I guess. But he is, like, he's talking about how he's losing right now. And weirdly, he reframes the the shooting and says that like if you think about it like i should be dead so i think i'm down but i'm actually way up and he actually just uses this gambling terminology to talk about how he actually still is in a positive place which is weird because i've just been saying all episode about how distant he is from that but he does take that here and sort of talks about how if he can think about it that way about being up in that way then he doesn't have to gamble anymore, I guess. But I can't really see a big turning event for him besides, like, to, to change from this downward spiral that he's been in previously. Besides, I guess, the big fight with Carmilla and everything. Yeah, I think it's maybe a combination of, I mean, just a natural when you're, I mean, even though he's the cause of that fight, I'm sure there's that cooling off period where you understand that you were an asshole and you were wrong. Uh, and then maybe compound that with thinking he does have a sure thing and it wasn't a sure thing, just maybe proving the fact that it doesn't always work out that way. Uh, also, the fact that he was going to help someone, like he took money that he was going to help people have a better life uh, with and fucked it up. Like he really, yeah. like personally, he fucked that up and had to go the the camp for troubled kids route I think some of those things do put things in perspective, uh, and there there is that there is a piece of that Tony still there where he can kind of he can see that and he can realize it. Yeah, uh, that does make sense. And there's a I, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say there is a quick shot where we see the Muslim guys again at the mosque, and Tony's remembering right. he's remembering those news uh, updates about the. <laughs> The, uh, the the containers. The containers. Yeah, he's thinking back to when he was on the farm, uh, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I remember. I was uh, that was a thing I cared about once." Yeah, maybe <laughs> that's what. Maybe that got him off gambling. Now, <laughs> I mean, that could be part of it, I guess. Because uh, I I think he's watching something like that on TV as well before Carmela comes in. Like he's watching. Oh yeah. I don't know. He's watching George Bush or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, so there's great lines here where Carmel says, like, I hate how you're acting like there isn't a piano hanging by a loose rope over your head every minute of every day and all of that. And I don't know. He gets into it big picture wise saying that he's actually uh, way up right now. And even though it doesn't 
really end with a tender moment. It's still like, you know, it's a different mindset for him. And then we cut to Hesh's dead girlfriend. So that's fun, too. Yeah, you know what? Tony's actually watching some sports thing at first. So I think he lost another bet. Because then when Carmella comes in the room, he quickly changes the channel. And then it's George Bush. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. And then we see Vito taken to camp. And then, yeah, then Renata, uh, Hesh's girlfriend, dies. And I... I was I didn't want to bring it up earlier, but I'm glad we're on it now, because let me tell you the running debate in Sopranos fandom where some people think that Tony secretly killed Renata to get back at Hesh for having to pay (laughs) the two hundred thousand dollars. What do you think about that, Jacob? I think there's a lot of really, really dumb people out there. (laughs) And whenever you have a popular show like percentage wise some of them are just gonna watch it and percentage wise some of them are gonna be on the internet that's what i think about that yeah i mean the thing i'll give them a bone where it it is a bizarre thing that happens out of nowhere and it's it it, and the fact that the episode kind of ends on it and she had migraines come on jim (laughs) but she didn't really have migraines at least well yeah that's why it was such a good excuse (laughs) hash is a great liar because it's real all great lies have a grain of truth I mean, and I guess playing off the fact that that Hesh is telling her to, like, lock the door and stuff, I could see the rationale. But, like, the insanity to think that he, you know, would be able to sneak in and, like, do a covert murder. And in a way, in a way, like, to not to I know we bring up Breaking Bad a lot. It's kind of hard not to. But it's something Breaking Bad would do. And I don't mean and, and I know that sounds like an insult. And in a way, it kind of is because it's hard to forgive them with that cigarette pickpocket thing that happened when it was like uh, Huel or whatever took the cigarette. And that's how the cigarette like I don't want to get too many into the details, but they came up with a bullshit excuse on that. And Breaking Bad would have, you know, Walt would sneak in and do a like a little prick of a needle and uh, no one could detect it and actually made it seem like it was natural causes or something. But Sopranos has never given you that idea that that's the type of show this is. So yeah, it's, it's, it's insane, but I've seen it quite a bit where people get into the discussion on if Tony killed Renata here. I mean, that's absolutely absurd just from a, from several different angles, like the character angle where Tony is busy with other shit and doesn't care about that. He's like, he's way into other stuff right now. He's busy betting. He's not like, even, even if he did like, ah, character wise, it makes no sense, but also, um, tone of the show wise, it makes absolutely no sense because Sopranos is exactly the type of show where someone will survive you know, multiple gun battles, basically, and then just fall over and hit their head in the wrong place and die. (laughs) They'll slip on ice and die. Uh, It's exactly the type of show where uh, you'll just randomly, like, it wants to show you that life is random and meaningless in, you know, in in certain aspects to help you think more about what actually matters in life so that's why it makes absolute sense that this would happen i will admit it feels a little bit not not contrived necessarily but it's kind of convenient that it's in the last few minutes just to kind of end this storyline like that's the whole thing it's there for really yeah um to sort of make both of them go oh there's 
there's bigger things in life. We don't need to be fighting over these 100Ks. And I, I honestly have a slight suspicion that maybe this is, was supposed to happen before Tony had his talk with Carmilla because it would make so much sense to have it as a motivator for him to say these things to Carmilla that, yeah. hey, I'm still alive. I'm up big picture-wise. Like, that would make a lot more sense if it happened after this. Uh, but it, whether it was done in the editing or in the writing, I still respect the way that the pieces fall here, uh, possibly more, because that would kind of... That would make the event of her death feel too convenient because it would have driven the plot. Mm. So uh, yep. I kind of like the way it plays out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, so, yeah, is that kind of the read, too, on why Tony finally just gets the money together and pays him? Because it's like... Well, you know, we're alive. Uh, what do you th- do? You think Tony had already made that decision to just handle this debt here when he's no, apologizing I think to Carmilla? Just, I, I think it's uh, just because uh, Hesh's girlfriend died, and Tony doesn't know how to show genuine sympathy, and yeah. this is literally the least he could do. Like it is money that he actually owes him, so it's not actually doing him a favor. Yeah, but at least it symbolizes putting the bad blood between them behind them because he's not going to be fucking around with you know the vig and and his jewish comments anymore yeah yeah and it's great because it is it is to the point where now the money is meaningless to both of them like it's like he doesn't care about this 200k at this moment right now but yeah yeah you're right it's the least he can do and then he can kind of walk out like hey you know hey i'm a good guy (laughs) i I got paid him back that money i owed him exactly Uh, so um good episode. so that wraps up the episode yes um for we're, we're coming up on it coming up on the end we said it all at the start please do leave a review on apple podcasts or your podcatcher of choice uh get us on spotify wherever you get your podcasts and you can also go to shows what you know.com for our other shows such as blank meets blank where we make up a tv show every episode or real history where we discuss historical films and television and what was actually going on in the world at the time. Um, and, Ooh. of course, JimandThem.com for uh, talks about how Jim is slowly descending into a <laughs> hole of gambling himself. Uh, I, 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 you're doing a great outro, but, I mean, the disrespect we're doing right now by not... Gotta put it on the goddamn body count. I mean, of course, Renata counts. I mean, she's you're a character so right. throughout the episode, so sorry. I did need to get yep. that on the counter. So we are at 73 deaths, 17 walkouts, uh, but there's still a few more episodes to go. So, you know, who knows where this may go. So we are. And based on Melfi's ultimatum, um, Tony might be doing the ultimate walkout of actually leaving therapy before we permanently uh, do the thing. You know what thing you do? You know what thing I'm going to say? <laughs> uh, I think there's one thing left to say. Yes. Before we cut to black.